how about that? I'm paid, it's over. Think I may have broke the scale, cause the weight is over. Wait, hold up, cause they say I almost, almost lost it. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Yeah, you almost got me. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. I'm Troy, and it's episode three of Netflix Lock and Key. This episode is entitled Head Games. We start where we left off with Bodhi telling Kinsey and Tyler to follow him. They descend into a giant playroom with a hippo, Spyro the Dragon playing on the wall, and a tiny Bodhi jumping on a trampoline. Everything is super bright and fun. This is, of course, the inside of Bodhi's head, or at least the physical manifestation of what is inside of his head. Uh, and of course, as a young child, his brain is a arcade, which, sure, it makes as much sense as anything. Um, Bodhi opens a jack-in-the-box, and it takes them into a memory of Rendell putting up glow stars. Kinsey tries to grab him, but she goes right through him, because, of course, they're in a memory. Rendell says he will tell Bodhi a story. He tells Bodhi about a ship that got caught in a storm and wrecked on an island. The sailors found a chest filled with gold, and they get they take the gold and get attacked by a sea monster. They then flash back out of the memory, and Bodhi explains he fell asleep, so he never heard the end of the story. This uh, bedtime story here is actually an interesting through line throughout the episode, uh, and and it was. I didn't expect the turn it's going to take, but we will get there. Um, I, I love the fact that the the key, the head key, not only creates this sort of physical space for them to interact with, but also gives them access, full access to their memories in unique ways. It's not just like, we're going into memory now. It's like he opens a jack-in-a-box and, and does it. And they sort of explain it that they just sort of know what they're doing when they get in there. Like, he just knows this is that memory. Tyler says the story got dark, uh, but Kinsey says that the story had a happy ending. They kind of have a little look, and that'll be here a little bit more. All three hop out of Bodhi's head box, and he removes the key from his neck. It falls to the floor as Bodhi is just one person again. So they ask him, "How, how are you finding these keys? And he explains to them that he's just finding them. They're speaking to him, but they're not, they're not speaking any language. They're just kind of whispering to him. He doesn't know exactly what the keys do, uh, but he just finds them. He does offer uh, Tyler and Kinsey both a go with the head key. They decline, uh, mostly because I'm sure Tyler doesn't want Kinsey to see him beating off to their mother's Vogue magazines. But Tyler says he's going to hang on to both keys, which Kinsey and Bodhi object to. Bodhi then explains that he didn't actually lose the Anywhere key. Uh, Kinsey says Tyler will keep the Mirror key, and Kinsey will keep the Head key. Bodhi explains that the Well Lady is real, and Tyler says if she comes back to tell them right away, which, thank you. It's, it's so nice 
that they actually believe him instead of pretending that a woman living in the well house is the craziest thing they've witnessed since moving to key house. Like their mother got trapped in a mirror. They just went into their little brother's head. Like if they're, if he's saying that there's a woman living in the well house, there's a fucking woman living in the well house. Like, thank you for, for not dragging out the, like, I don't believe you bullshit. The well house lady is Googling stuff and eating a donut. I'm going to refrain from making a joke about me wanting to eat her donut. Some dude with a man bun walks up saying that's his laptop, and she kisses him and fucks off. Let me tell you. He got off lucky, and I'm sure he got off just from that kiss. Uh, Considering the last guy that she had an an interaction with, uh, she choked to death. She walks out uh, into a burned-down house and finds a safe on the ground. And this, of course, is Mark's house. Mark was the guy in the first episode who inserted the key into his heart and burned himself alive. She doesn't find what she's looking for because Mark already got rid of it before flaming himself out of existence. A kid and his two friends walk up to the house, and he is wearing a key around his neck. She tells him, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. I was surprised that we didn't hear a zipper sound, but... He says that the key is like a lighter. So he has, I think this is the Phoenix key, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if that's the actual actual name for it or not, or if it is like the lighter key, or flame key, or whatever like that. But yeah. Um, well, Lady opens a door, and it's a train station. She grabs the fire key, and then shoves the kid onto the tracks, where a train annihilates him. <laughs> and his friends just fuck off. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Hey, um, I, I saw you run back into the house there. What? what I, I thought you were playing with Billy. His mother called. Like, uh, have you seen him? Like, it's gonna be a kind of a difficult one to explain. Also, like, they're gonna find that kid, like, splattered a mile down the road. Like, they're gonna do some tests on it and stuff like that, and they're gonna and they're gonna be wondering, like, how the fuck did he get to this train station? Because as far as I can tell. There ain't no train station where they're at, so I don't know what train station she went to, but there are going to be some questions. Scott walks up to Kinsey and thanks her for being in the movie. He gives her tickets to a local Band of Horses cover band. Uh, my question, of course, is, the fuck is Band of Horses? Scott asks her to join him at the concert, and she says, maybe. Band of Horses is apparently a band. Of horses. Uh, it's not one that I've listened to, but it's, you know, one of those, but it is not actually a band of horses. It is a band called the cover band of horses, which just do band of horses, cover songs. Great. We cut over to a hockey game. Nina and Bodie are watching Tyler and Kinsey walks off to, I guess, make friends. Ellie wanders in and offers Nina a trip to an Italian restaurant. Kinsey walks over and sits behind two women. It's Jackie and her friend. Jackie tells Kinsey to sit with them, and then they don't talk to her. Tyler is on the bench, and he's complaining to Javi. Chad Garland, all-star dickhead, is on the other team, and he slams one of Tyler's teammates into the wall. Tyler complains about not getting into the game and meets up with Jackie. We see that Chad is trying to get Kinsey to get date-raped. Chad tells him to sit it out like he did the game, And that sets Tyler off, and he beats the fuck out of Chad before Joe pulls him off. Ah, man. The, uh, 
I, I get he's dealing with a, a lot of of guilt. And obviously, you know, a lot of loss and everything like that. But just, just him turning around and just beating the shit out of people, it's, it's a little cliched. But I guess we'll, we'll see where it goes. Joe tells Nina that Chad swung first. Not sure how he knows that. Because if he was close enough to see it going down, he maybe should have got there before the fight actually took place. But he does say that Tyler took it too far. And the kid had a bloody nose. He didn't fucking kill him. Tyler remembers sitting with Sam Lesser outside the, I guess, principal's office? They complain about their dads, and Tyler says, If you ever do decide to kill your dad, do me a favor and kill mine as well. Well, I guess we know why Tyler's so fucked up now. Uh, that... sucks. That... Ugh. It, it hits you, because, you you know, you're a kid, you say some fucking flippant things and stuff like that in, in the heat of the moment, or, you, or you, even at this point, like, he's just saying it because, you know, Sam was like, ooh, I fucking kill him. But, obviously, yeah, he he's feeling guilt that uh, he, he, he believes that he sent Sam to kill Rendell. It's not the case. I mean, I don't have any any knowledge, really. I mean, I read the comic books, but I don't have any knowledge for the show. But even without any knowledge, I can assure you that, like, he did not send the Sam. The Sam was had issues. Logan walks up, and Tyler tells him to spare him the lecture. Chad was going to do some unwanted thing to Kenzie's gash. Logan says he knows a ton about anger, and Tyler should not let it ruin him. Tyler makes fun of Logan for wearing shorts, and he tells him his legs ain't getting cold. Other than the fact that our introduction to this guy was him keying a car, like it's a pretty positive representation of um, of people with um, you know disabilities. The fact that the the guy is a um, paraplegic, it doesn't seem to affect him that much. You know, he gets around just fine. He's still an athlete, obviously, because he walks around in a Letterman jacket. Scott texts Kenzie a picture of horses playing instruments and says he'll be outside of the the, uh, the theater at 8. Kenzie thinks things over for a while, but doesn't answer him. She's too scared to open herself up to having fun. Which I get. She walks over to Tyler and asks if he is enjoying his punishment chores. Kenzie said it wasn't Tyler who shoved her and beat up Chad. It was somebody else. She says she wants to go inside her own head, and Tyler says he's coming with her. She tells him not to wander or take anything. I mean, I'm sure that there are some things that uh, he probably doesn't want to see in there. She opens her neck, and a revolving door appears in front of them. She and Tyler enter, and this time, the representation of her brain is a shopping mall. They wind up finding a directory. Look for the ones marked diddling myself. Uh, I would. I mean, I would go there. I don't want you to go there because you're you're the brother. She goes to the Bad Memories store, which, I mean, I assume is, like, just a hot topic. She grabs down a memory in the Bedtime Stories section. They enter to see Rendell with Kinsey. He tells her the story, and this time she gets to hear the ending, that everyone got killed other than the fisherman by the sea monster. The fisherman donated the treasure to the families of the Eaton comrades, 
And the sea monster returns, sees the good that he has done, and coughs up the rest of the fishermen and everyone is reunited. Tyler says that's not how he remembers the story ending, and that is a terrible story anyways. Tyler walks in uh, and gives Kinsey her stuffed whale. This is little kid Tyler, just to show that they were at one point in time close as brother and sister. They then suddenly jump memories to Tyler beating the fuck out of Chad. And they wind up seeing someone off in the distance, and Kinsey said it looks like her. It disappears, and they jump memories to the night Rendell died. Kenzie saw a fireplace poker, but she was too scared to use it. She instead held Bodhi to keep him safe, which is still an, a noble thing to do. Tyler says they all have regrets about that day, and then he gets attacked by the Kinsey monster. This time, he does grab, she does grab the poker and stabs the Kinsey monster, and it fucks off. They leave her head, and she says the creature is her fear. She just knows, like Bodhi knew exactly where to find the memory. Tyler shows her that he actually got hurt, and then he asks what made her have the creature attack him. And then he fucks off before she can answer. Tyler is stalking Jackie's Instagram, and he accidentally likes her photo. Which, I know, everyone who is listening to this has probably done at some point in time. He remembers Rendell telling him the story of the fisherman losing all of his friends. This time, the sea monster lets the fisherman live on the island by himself so he can remember all the pain he caused and all the death he brought down on his friends. So... Apparently, he tweaked that story. He was, he was workshopping it with Tyler. And, uh, yeah, that's not a great thing to tell a little kid. Nina and Ellie are out to eat, hot, and Nina tells her that she is sober. Ellie feels bad about getting her the bottle of gin, and Nina says it's all good. It's always good to have, you know, alcohol for the friends that come over. She says she's been sober for six years. Uh, so... Before uh, Rendell died, she got sober. Nina talks about the kids and says Bodhi is hanging out with an imaginary friend in the well house. Ellie gets freaked out by this, but pretends it, it, it didn't actually affect her. Bodhi hears more whispers and goes on the hunt for another key. He finds a picture on the wall of an old dude and sees a key is painted into it. He pulls it out and uses it on a door with a skull on the handle. And we see that the key has a matching skull. And somehow this is not a warning sign not to do this. He steps through the doorway and his spirit leaves his body. And his body falls to the ground dead behind him. He flies around outside and he tries to get Tyler to see him, but no dice. Bodhi flies all over the keyhouse grounds and sees the sea cave where Rendell's friends drowned. And he flies over and sees that they have a cemetery on the, the, the property. An old man is standing there and he says hello. The old man says he's a ghost, but not like him. He is Chamberlain Locke. And Chamberlain is the picture that the key was painted into. Chamberlain is happy to see that Keyhouse has new residents. And they talk about Rendell, but only those who die on Keyhouse lands remain after they die. How very House on Haunted Hill of you. Chamberlain says that Rendell and Duncan used to use the keys as well and fly all over the place. 
Bodhi hears his mother returning, so he flies back to the house and winds up seeing Ellie entering the well house. She puts a key on the well and calls out for Lucas, who of course is her dead boyfriend. Bodhi flies off. Tyler calls out to Bodhi, asking if he ate the rest of the chow mein, and he finds Bodhi's dead body on the floor. Bodhi returns to the door, gets back into his body, and jump scares Tyler. Bodhi's all excited, but Tyler's freaking out because he just saw his little brother dead. Bodhi says he thought he could find Dad, and that seems to bring Tyler back down. Nina is talking with Kinsey about her drawings and which ones to submit to art school. Nina tells her to go out and have some have fun with some friends. Kinsey says she doesn't want to go out with Scott because either she will hurt him or he will hurt her. Nina pushes Kinsey to just forget about her anxiety and, and go, because that's how it works. Kinsey walks up to the cover band of Horses show and pulls out the head key. She then walks off into the forest. So, a bit about the CGI on the flying around. Not, not the worst ever, but still not entirely great. I understand that you got to make you know some concessions because it is a TV show. And you don't have the, the budget as well as other things. But, um, yeah, it could have been a little better, but it was alright. Uh, and then, yeah, Nina, who, like, lost her husband in a very tragic way and almost lost her kids and herself, doesn't seem to understand that Kinsey's dealing with a lot of fucking anxiety and maybe should, you know, get her a little bit of help or have some or talk with her a little bit more and not just be like, oh, just don't think like that. Just go out and, and be good. Tyler is putting up glow stickers for Bodhi. They talk about Rendell and Duncan using the keys, and Bodhi says maybe they forgot because they got old. Or maybe it's because they were scared of the Loa lady as well. Sure. It's nice to see Tyler doing something nice for one of his siblings, because he hasn't really had that many opportunities to show he's a good guy. Kinsey's in the woods, and she goes into her own head. We flip back and Nina is flipping through Rendell's old yearbook and sees a page covered in Omega symbols. Then she remembers that Sam had an Omega tattoo on his arm. That's all we get to see of that because we flash back and see Kinsey dragging her fear monster out of her head and she stabs the shit out of it and starts burying it as the wellhouse lady watches. And she walks off as we end the episode. Again, we're getting into... Uh, the actual storyline now. You know, we've got we've got the world set up. We understand what the keys do. Uh, we did happen to get this one being all about the head key. And um, now that we found, I, I guess, the spirit door key? Or, I don't know. I don't know what the actual name of it is. But now that we found that, maybe we'll get that next episode. Because we've been sort of, sort of following that pattern. Where there's a key that is kind of a central plot point, And then they wind up finding another key. That tends to be the next one. So we'll see what happens in episode four. Uh, but that was episode three, and that was uh, good. I liked a lot of uh, a lot of the aspects of it. I loved the representation of the head key. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, the the differences on it too. I'm sure this is not the last time we'll see it. And now we've got a good question on now that Kinsey has sort of removed the anxiety from her head, uh, and and who knows what else that sort of represented. How is this going to change her? Which I think is going to be uh, a really good storyline going forward. So, but we'll see. 
but again, I thank you all for listening, and we will see you again next time. Bye-bye.